And we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is my podcast. So, evening, everybody. We're recording this, and a few things to cover before we get to the topic. For those that don't know or may not know, all of the podcasts usually have accompanying articles on the website, alexanderjuanantoniocortez.com. That's one word. And if you want to check out the text or the expansion of the podcast, you can always check out the website. So I try to make myself available in as many different places as possible, and the website being one of them, of course, the podcast being another, and of course, we have the email list, Twitter, the Facebook groups, what have you. But for those who don't know, if you like the podcast, you'd like to read about the podcast or read more on the topics, check out the website. And I should, I may, I'll put a link into that in the, uh, the text. Anyway, to get down to business, the topic of this podcast is a subject that is simple but overlooked and powerful but underappreciated. So that topic is taking notes. Specifically, not just taking notes, but taking notes by hand. Note-taking is powerful. I've said this in the past. Note-taking is very powerful. Note-taking helps you learn. And writing down notes by hand, with a pen, this is something that very few adults practice once they leave high school or college or university. People graduate, and they stop writing things down. Maybe you keep a calendar, maybe, but for the majority of people, note-taking is something that is left behind in academia. And this is unfortunate. It's unfortunate because taking notes and writing written memory and written record, these are the most powerful forms of memory we have. The most powerful forms of memory in existence are books, are our, our written language. Our, our writing is the foundation, really, of civilizations, you could say. That's not hyperbole. It is. Every book you've ever read, every language you speak or have spoken, every formal skill you've learned, every systemized subject of study, all these things require writing. All these things have records. The most ancient archetypal stories we have in the world at large, uh, going back to, you know, like really like biblical, not, I don't want to say biblical stories, but archetypal stories of the idea of betrayal, of love, of loss, of destruction, of vengeance, of rebirth, of resurrection, stories of, you know, fables, so to speak, stories of moral justness, stories that teach us right from wrong. All these things exist because they are, well, one, they existed before they were written down, but they exist in our memory, they're, they're powerful, they're made more powerful because they are recorded in writing. There's, there's only three real stories that are told in the world. Man against man, man against nature, man against himself. That's very Jungian, but you can, from those three categories, you can broadly categorize pretty much every story that exists. You can categorize skills. You can categorize, really, the entirety of human history. People against other people, or people against themselves, or people dealing with the forces of nature. Why do we know these things? Why do we have a society around us? We write things down. We create physical form and commit things to a physical and mental memory. So note-taking is not just write stuff down for the sake of writing. It's an act of practicing memory. You are practicing 
past, present, and future and reviewing it and analyzing it and making those connections. Why do we remember anything as human beings? Why do we remember in the first place? Because memory tells us what to do next. Memory allows us to be sentient. Memory is what separates humanity from all other beings on this earth. We are conscious because we are conscious because we remember. And not just remember fire is hot, not just remember that we can't breathe in mud, not just remember don't go into the cave because something might eat you. We remember feelings, we remember emotions. We're able to make vastly nuanced and very deeply complicated and complex connections between people and places and ideas because we have memory. And our lives are lived. Your life right now is a consequence of everything you've ever done and everything that you remember. Memory is powerful. And the future, the future and our possibility as human beings, we expand that and we have control over that because of what we remember and because we are able to write about it. We can write. We can learn from what has been done before and build upon knowledge. That is powerful. That is highly powerful. So, when we talk about notes, we have to view this on a very meta level. And the irony is that in our modern life, we use technology to minimize the need to really write anything down. We are very incredibly reliant upon technology. Obviously, we have, we have email, we have text, we have Twitter, we have Facebook. We have all these mediums in which we write, but we avoid having to actually physically pen to paper write anything. I, and m- most of technology has taken the place of record keeping. Think of your, you know, logging into your banking app. Think of your online billing. Think of the fact that you don't have to track expenses and that colleges keep records and we have electronic digital records. Technology has replaced libraries and record keeping. But, but that does not diminish the power of pen to paper writing. If you don't take notes, if you don't want to write things down, you're missing out on really the most powerful neurological tool we have for learning. Taking handwritten notes is proven over and over again in research many times over. I I can't emphasize this enough. Taking handwritten notes, you improve short- and long-term memory retention because you make literally stronger, denser neurological connections in the brain. You're increasing your neurocognitive density. It stimulates creative thinking. It stimulates different parts of the brain that you don't get from typing letters into a screen. So it improves your ability to recollect. It improves your ability to recall. It increases your contextual learning. You're able to learn subjects better in context by writing them with your own words. There's, very, again, very deep, almost morphological changes in the brain that are seen when people are educated and made to read and write. Why is reading and writing so powerful? Why is that? Pro- why, why was reading and writing prohibited throughout history? Prohibited throughout all of his human history? Prohibited to slaves? Why was it prohibited to the lower classes, the, the serfdom classes? Why was it prohibited for people to learn how to read and write? Because it frees your mind. It makes you powerful. It gives you ability to think and reason. Re- reading and writing are the, I, 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 what, what metaphor can I possibly use? Me, me, reading and writing are like the infinity gauntlet of taking control over your life. For those, the, for those that are Marvel Comics fans, it's like the infinity gauntlet. It gives you all the power. 
You know, if you're religious, it's like the Holy Grail. It, the power of God comes out of you if you can read and write. That's why it's dangerous. That's why, you know, in American history, in British history, in, in every, every in, in, uh, you know, in the, in the history of the Islamic caliphates in Russia, there's a reason why reading and writing was prohibited from slaves, why they were not supposed to do it and they could not do it, because people knew. They knew, even if they couldn't articulate it, if you allowed someone to read and write and you gave them the ability to analyze and make connections and recall and think creatively and critique and systemize, that you made them powerful and you made them in control of their own destiny. So the benefits of taking physical notes, yeah, I, I'm very, you can tell, high on them right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on a kick talking about this. So you have creative thinking, you have contextual memory, you have the ability of improve written verbal communication. All of this comes with writing. And, and what does this take? What does this take? It takes a notebook and a pen. It takes paper and a pen. It takes paper and a pencil. The cost for doing this is, is barely even, what, a few dollars? Depending on where you live in the world. I can go to the Dollar Tree store right now and get a 100-page spiral-bound notebook in a pack of pens for $2. For $2. I have the most powerful tool in human existence in my hands. That's it. There's no excuse not to do this. And then from there, once you start writing, or at least you have the tools to write, what do you do? How do you take, how do you take notes? Well, I mean, there's lots of things that you can take notes for. Obviously, for, for working out, you can keep a workout log, which that's probably its own separate podcast, but you can keep a workout log. For nutrition, if you're trying to change the way you eat and feed yourself, you can take a you know, food journal, a nutrition journal, a diet journal. You know, for, for skills, for subjects, or the different ways you can learn something. You can well. You can do you can do pros and cons. You can weigh the positives and the negatives. That works well for situational awareness. You can ask yourself who, what, when, where, where, and why. That's very excellent for creating contextual picture. That's very excellent for analyzing historical events or social situations. Again, social social situations involving people and places and trying to make sense of something. You can do a, a SWOT analysis. That's used in business, but you can use it on yourself and your professional and personal life. You can analyze your strengths, your weaknesses, or your opportunities. What are the possible traps that exist that might inhibit you from those things? You can apply ABC logical reasoning. That very good way to understand how chains of events occur. You start with A. A leads to B. B leads to C. If someone's presenting an argument to you, start with A. What's the point? What's their overall argument? What does that lead to B? Where are the supporting reasons? What does that lead to C? What's their evidence? You know, ABC logical reasoning. Very simple way to break down arguments or concepts and see the constituent parts. You can idea map. You can do idea mapping. Draw. I did this over the weekend where I was working with uh, some friends on the project. We drew out. I drew out the on, on the whiteboard. I drew out the idea. What's the core product? What's the what's the what's the secondary product? What does the core proctor into based on these possibilities? I wrote it all out. I made it visual. I made it three-dimensional in a way. You can map out ideas. You can do critical analysis of yourself. What don't I know? How often do you ask yourself that? What don't I know about a topic or a subject? Ask yourself that question. That's an uncomfortable question. That makes people nervous. I, I want to think about what I don't know. I'm telling you to think about what you don't know. Because the only way you're going to get smarter is by confronting your ignorance. If there's a topic that you feel strongly about, there's a topic that you don't know about, ask yourself what you don't know. 
Find out what the counter evidence is. Find out what the different perspectives are. If you want to be able to argue, if you want to be able to change people's, people's minds, you have to know what they think, not just what you believe. You can do timelines. Timelines are a very good way to analyze your past. Write it out. Write out a mini-autobiography. Again, thinking in sequence. We're thinking in sequ- We're using sequential, you know, logical, rational thinking. Yeah, and that helps you be more creative. Another way, you can do context mapping. So, you know, similar to who, what, when, where, and why, place, purpose, past perspective, current perspective, future perspective. That's a very good way to analyze ideas. It's a very good way to analyze when people are speaking from personal experience. It's a very way to analyze politics, even. You know, all, the, all these things can be used to analyze any subject. And there's other ways, there's even basic ways of, you know, keywords and concepts. You know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, what are, what are the major things that are making an impact on you that you feel you need to know? And I, I'm not going to tell you because I can say the whole podcast is important, but what are your major takeaways so far? Write them down. Write them down and put them into your own words. Make those fresh neurological connections. Other ways to take notes still. I can keep on going with this. Basic record keeping, guys. You know, keeping a calendar. Write down people's names. Write down when you met them. Write down... One or two, three things that made them memorable. Write down the dates. Write down your appointments. These are all ways of organizing your life and maximizing your time. Yeah, there's another benefit to taking notes and keeping records. Uh, you can use a scientific method to study something. You can observe. You can ask. You can form some questions. You can research your questions. You know, this podcast again. Right now, what I'm talking about. You're listening. You probably have questions. You could ask me your questions. You could research. Maybe if there are answers to your questions, you can then hypothesize. You can, okay, what, how, what can this be applied to? Can I test this out? Can I use it on myself? Analyze your results. These are all ways to get smarter. Visualization. You want, you know, there's something that you're nervous about. Write it out. Write out what you're afraid of. Write out what your fears are. Write out the worst case scenario. Visualize the best case scenario. That's another one, though. That's another one. Best and worst case scenario. You know, can you take notes that way? Absolutely you can. Especially for your life. If there's decisions that you're unsure of making, that you have fears, there are things you're afraid of, write out the worst case scenario. Write out the best case scenario. Write out what you are afraid of. Write out what you can do about it. Write out what is the best outcome. That's 12, 13 different ways to take notes. At least. I think I probably, there's probably more than that in there. You could use all of them. You could use none of them. You could use some of them. But these are all ways to improve your thinking. These are all ways to master being. You know, note-taking is not, like I said, note-taking is not just note-taking. Note-taking is mastery of being. You are training your mind. And your thoughts become you. So refine the way you think. You know, the quality of your questions, the quality of your notes... That's going to be the quality of your life. I can almost guarantee that. Exceptions aside. So, you have a lot to think about with this. A lot. I've, obviously, I've said, I've laid down a lot of information. One suggestion. Write it down. Now, if you got questions about it, you things you can't remember, listen to it again, take more notes, or read the article. With writing comes reading. 
and I will leave it at that. So talk to you guys again. I'll say good night and good luck. <laughs>